I'd like to share a story. My wife and I were uh, visiting an area uh, of Ouagadougou called Sector 30. We're actually trying to help them in the area of gardening. And, and we were on our way back, and we wound through the, the buildings and everything else. And we were on the road, and we came around the corner, and this is what we saw. This lady was trying to cross the road. And we paused for a moment to let her get by. And I've lived in Africa many, many years, and, and, and we still have people that uh, are forced to crawl on the ground. And, and I know I should be used to it, but on this day here, my heart broke for this woman. And I, I drove past her, and after I drove past her, I stopped my car, and I looked at my wife, and I reached in my pocket and pulled out about $2, and I said, here, Alice, I said, I'm going to turn around, and when we come back by this lady, I want you to get out and go give her the money. And so we did. And if you know anything about my wife, she doesn't know how to do anything halfway. And so she jumped out, she went over to this lady, and she kneeled in the dirt and took the woman by the hands and looked her in the eyes and said, God loves you and I love you. And I came back and picked her back up. She got in my car and she began to weep and she began to cry. And she looked at me and she said, Pete, when I looked in this woman's eyes, I saw amazing pain. And I looked at her hands and they were, they were balled up into fists. And I can't imagine the humiliation that she must go on on a daily basis. And she said, but what kills me more is she is living this horrid life only to die and go into an eternity in hell. And my wife began to cry, and she's like, I, I just can't accept this. And I said, oh, honey, that's just one woman. We have a vision, and we have a plan, and, and we, we're going to change this part of town. And my wife looked at me and said, I don't care about your vision. I care about that lady. So the next day, we sent uh, some of our youth out, and they were able to get the pastor and bring her back to our house, and we explained who this lady was, and he knew right away who he was. She was in his community, and, and so we said, well, we, you know, we want to start uh, talking to her, and so he says, well, I can take you to her house, and, and we can share the gospel, and, and, and he says, but I haven't shared the gospel up to this point because I, I, my children are hungry. I, I, I have a hard time finding food for them, and if I lead this woman to Christ... I'll be forced to feed her too. And so we made assurances that we would help him. And, and so we went out and we shared the gospel with this woman and she didn't accept. A few weeks later, we went back out there and we got out there. We found a Seta had taken rocks and had stuffed them in her ears. And you could see the sides of her face were swollen. And the only, she, she wasn't able to even afford an aspirin. And so the only relief she could get for her earaches was to put cool rocks in them. See, her, her mom 
made a living as a widow simply by sweeping the ground until she had a pile of rocks, and then she would lift the rocks up in the air like this and let the dust blow out of it. And, and if she worked all day, she was often able to get enough uh, money by selling it to contractors uh, to have food for that day. And so to, to have money to go buy an aspirin, because in that part of town, and actually throughout Burkina Faso, they don't sell aspirin by the bottle. They sell it by the aspirin. Who could afford a bottle? And so we got help for her, and once again we went in and we said, Aseta, God loves you, and we love you. Time went on again, and we heard a pastor came and said, she is dying. If you want to see her, you better go. And so my wife jumped in a car and raced out to where she was, and when she got there, they had already decided that she was going to die, and so they had taken her off the grass mat and put her in the corner of the small, very small house that they lived in, and she had gone to the bathroom all over herself, and, and I arrived about 45 minutes later because I was kind of worried about my wife, and when I got there, I found her kneeling in the dirty ground and holding this woman and saying, I love you, and God loves you. I was ready to accept Christ all over again just by the love I saw. But a Satan didn't accept. And so we sent a degree out to, to, to all our letters to ask people to pray and pray that we asked to pray for three, three things. Number one, she would understand. Number two, that she would accept Christ. And number three, that she would speak to tell us because she was unable to speak. And so people began to pray. And uh, one day, uh, the pastor from the area came and he said, I want you to, I have some news. He said, I went by her house last night and I asked her one more time, would she like to accept Jesus? And he said, she opened her mouth and said, Waka, Yesu, Waka. Come, Jesus. And he said, you should have seen her countenance. He was like, it was as though the pain disappeared and, and her face began to shine. And he says, it was late, so I went home. And he said, I was all excited because the next morning I was going to come and tell you. And he said, I came by her house to tell her that, to get ready because we were going to come visit. He said, when I arrived there, I found that she had gone to be with her Savior during that night. As I begin to picture this, I begin to realize that those diseased, broken legs were now dancing. And the voice that couldn't speak was singing with a thousand angels to glorify our God. And as I began to picture this in my mind, I became excited about the day that I will dance with her before our Lord. But then another thought came. What about the tens of thousands and the hundreds of thousands and the millions who no one has yet to show them love and tell them that God loves them.
in a country like Morocco, for every one person going to heaven, 34,000 are going to hell. How can they call on one who they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear unless someone goes preaching? And how can they go preaching if they are not sent? Let's pray. God, this evening I ask you that you would reach out in this room right now and that you would raise up an army not just to preach but to send. Lord, I pray that you'd reach up young men and young women that would risk their lives that would give up their dreams to comfort a child in South America in a garbage dump or to rescue a young girl that's been sold into slavery in Cambodia or to show God's love to a Taiwanese who has never heard about the love of God. God, will you raise up an army? Will you use this room to change the world? We thank you for what you're going to do. In your precious and holy name, amen.